Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Trust podcast. Today, I'm talking about the five powers of no for entrepreneurs. As an entrepreneur, we're often pushing for a yes. We want to hear the word yes. We want a yes to our deal. We want a yes to our quotes. We want to hear yes from our suppliers. We want to hear a yes from the accountants. Our effective job is to turn a no into a yes. And hearing a no can sometimes be quite painful and disappointing. And as an entrepreneur myself, I've experienced this, I've lived this. One day I'll tell you how I learned about the power of no. Needless to say, my plan always didn't go as I wanted it to. So listen to some words of advice from somebody who's made a few mistakes and learned a few lessons. Hopefully this will protect you from a few more failures and keep you a happier, more successful. As an entrepreneur, we're always hustling. We're hustling for that yes. We don't want to slow down our projects, but in that hustle, we miss many things. We miss taking time to actually look at what's going on in our business. We miss the time to evaluate the risks in our projects. So what I want to talk to you about is the power of no. So first power of no is actually the opposite, the effect of pushing for a yes. When you're in a discussion with a supplier or a buyer or an investor, everything is about getting the yes. And it's something within you that's pushing you to get the yes. And you can almost come across as needy, as being fearful of the no, fearing that you might come out of that meeting with nothing. And being needy is something that's within you and comes across you as well. So your counterparty is going to feel that bit of desperation. And that desperation might actually be quite a loud signal that you're sending to them. And that will help them in the way they deal with you, in the power plays between you. The other thing of pushing for a yes is you're so blinkered with what's in front of you rather than around you. You're not seeing the reality of the position you're in and the position that you're being put in by your counterparty. When you're in meetings with stakeholders, for example, colleagues, pushing for a yes, you're not listening clearly at what's going on because you're pushing rather than being open. If you push for a yes without considering all the opportunities, all the suggestions, all the strategies, perhaps you're pushing for a position that's doomed to fail because you are not listening to reality. You're not soaking up the feedback. You're not seeing the value in the opportunity before you. Let me give you an example of that. So you're, you're meeting a supplier and you want them to make your product and it's gonna sell tons and tons and they're gonna make lots of money, but they're saying no and you're pushing, but you're not listening If you took the time to actually pull away a little bit, not seem so desperate, not seem so keen and excited about your position, and you took the time to understand their position, perhaps you would understand why the no is a no and what it actually means. So I'm going to talk about how you get the benefit of the no a little bit later on. But in being so blinkered in pushing your agenda, you're missing the opportunity to get really good feedback and information that could help you power your your next growth step. Look, not everybody gets the yes they want there and then, but that doesn't mean they can't turn it round. What I mean is that they can't turn the no into a really big success. 
James Dyson, I mean, we all know about his desire to get his revolutionary Vortex vacuum cleaner manufactured and how everybody said no to him, apart from one Japanese company who licensed the product. He ended up making it himself, but now he's the owner of a multi-billion pound manufacturing company and design company that not only makes vacuum cleaners, but is spending a billion pounds on making electric cars in the future. That came from a no. He got that from somebody saying no to him over and over and over again but he was relentless in seeking a solution and not giving up steve jobs another great example he created apple with his co-partners and there was a point in that company's life where his board said no to him he got booted out of his own company and he used that time to do new things and do the things that he wanted to do the way he wanted to do them and when it was time for him to come back to apple perhaps he came back refreshed and focused and clear about what he actually wanted to achieve for the long term and that legacy has created at some points the world's largest company in the uk we watched dragon's den you might have it as shark tank and one of the inventors that came to present was a guy called rob lowe who presented his children's ride on suitcase called trunky he actually got an offer from the Dragons. They wanted 50% of the company. He desperately wanted a deal, but he said no. And now, since then, he sold over 3 million units in over 100 countries. Another example of a no at Dragon's Den was a guy called Sean Pulfrey. He invented Tangle Teaser. Now, as a man who had a lot of history in the hairdressing business, he created this comb that he thought was a revolutionary way for people with long hair to clear their hair of tangles without the pain. And he was flatly rejected. They labeled him as hair-brained and they labeled the invention as a waste of time, but he's now sold over 25 million pounds of homes every year since that program. So if we open our mind up to the fact that no can be really useful, our whole psyche changes when we go into these opportunities. So we have to accept that no can be the most useful thing that can happen and i'm going to explain that a little bit later on i think it's really important not to fear no and i think it's really useful to get as many no's as quickly and as often as possible especially when you're in the development phase of your project the reason i say that is because i've met a lot of entrepreneurs that put off getting a no they put off putting their product in front of investors or customers or suppliers until they're 100 percent sure it's absolutely right only to find when it is apparently 100 percent correct it's only 50 percent correct and that bit gets very expensive and very disappointing Whereas if you seek out the nose early on, you can use that as a way to adapt, to fix and focus your development early and cheaply. So I say go for the nose, go for the nose often, be bold, put out your best ideas to potential customers. I wouldn't say go to the biggest customer that you want and go and sell your product to, but go to the smaller ones that are willing to give you time and use that opportunity to get the feedback. If you get the no, willingly, joyfully take it on, but don't leave without being ruthless at getting the feedback and mining them for the data that you need for the next stage of your iteration. Use that as an opportunity to find out why they didn't like it. Was it the price? Was it the features? Was it the way you, you delivered it? Was it the timing? And use that information to regroup and redevelop and actually fix and then bring them into your development cycle. Turn them into part of your development team. So by putting yourself in front of the no and digging for the feedback, you're actually creating 
a really low cost way to refine your product and make sure it's going to be successful when it needs to be successful. It's knowing that a no is what you need early on. That's the thing you've got to seek out. So don't wait for that. Don't go for 100% ready before you put it out. Go for 50% ready and put the rest of the stuff on paper in a diagram, in a drawing. I have personally sold my own inventions to a large manufacturer where all I had was some scientific assessment and some drawings. Okay, the assessment was from a world-class university, but I didn't have even 1% of the product ready. But if your case is compelling and you've got the data and you've got the feedback, it can work for you. And then you use their expertise to help you build the product that really will prove to be a, a surefire hit. I think the other important thing is Although you've got to play to win, you have to realize that not every meeting is one that you will win. There are some meetings that, some opportunities you're just going to fail in totally. And I think you've got to live in that reality and not be disappointed when that actually happens. Expect not every meeting, every opportunity, every sale to go through. That puts you in a kind of balanced state of mind, a, a balanced attitude as an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur gets really excited every time they win and gets really sad when they lose. Is somebody who's gonna have some mental health issues at some point. You don't want to have that attitude. You don't wanna be going home high one day because you had a great day and really, really depressed another week because things that are not turning out right for you. Play in reality and understand your path and your vision and where you're going and how you're gonna get there and that it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Each of those opportunities that you put yourself in where things haven't turned out to your expectation, I think the expectation to have is that you're gonna learn something from each of these, whether it's a networking opportunity to meet potential customers or it's an opportunity to go visit a supplier in another country. Use it as an opportunity to, to learn and grow your capabilities. You'll be a lot more confident so if you go in into your opportunities expecting to learn something expecting to benefit from the experience you'll be a lot more confident when you walk into the room as you address your counterparties having that clarity of mission really helps knowing where you're going and knowing that not everything is going to work out right knowing that it's going to be a bumpy ride you'll be able to take the knocks in a much better way I think it's also really important to use all of these opportunities as strength building and that cause and pain to have that attitude. The next thing I want to talk about is something that I think that is critically important for entrepreneurs to realize. And that is you have the right to say no as well. As a young startup, as a a business that wants to scale up we put ourselves in a position where we need we want we desire from the people that we work with and around and we need them to grow our business but it does not mean that you abrogate your right to make a decision you can choose who you work with you can choose how you work with them you can choose the contract terms and get some proper legal advice when you draw up those contracts accepting that you have a choice puts you in a completely different frame of mind imagine you going into a meeting where you believe you have to do the deal with these companies or these suppliers or these investors. What kind of state of mind are you in when that happens? Well, I'll tell you, you're probably needy, a little bit desperate. You're not focused on what's going on around you. Your end goal is the yes at the end of that meeting or the contract and getting the best deal you possibly can at that moment. You're probably a bit anxious, a little bit nervous. You probably didn't sleep that well the night before. 
generally not in a great position to be doing the best deal of your life, really, are you? Now, imagine you're preparing for that meeting and you realize that you're going in there with a choice. If it's going to be the meeting that's going to make the difference, it's one where you have to be in control. So you go into that meeting clear that you're there to listen, understand and find out and research and talk and discuss everything about the opportunity. But at the end of it, you're going to choose whether you take the deal or not. What kind of position and state do you go into that meeting with? I tell you, you're going in there excited, you're going in there eager, you're going in there open-minded, a desire to question, to make sure you understand everything possible. And you're going in there with your timetable. And your timetable might not well be doing a deal there and then. It may well be leaving the meeting the opportunity to think about it before you make a decision. So you are going to be in a far better mental state, physical state, and the counterparty will see that as well. They'll see that you're not desperate, you're not anxious, you're not nervous, you're not needy, that you're confident, you're clear, and you're focused, and you're on your A game. So really take advantage of that idea. Share that with the people you're with, and you have to say to them, today's purpose is for us to find out if we can do a deal rather than we're gonna do a deal today. It may well spur them to work a little bit harder to make sure they offer you something more interesting. So it's a two-way opportunity. It's always a two-way opportunity. Whether you're going in for the due diligence after investors have said yes or no to you, hopefully said yes, you can be asking them about their processes and business approach and the way they work and what they expect of you and references to the companies that they've invested in or the companies they supply to. So everything is a two-way relationship. The next step I wanted to talk about in using the power of no is that you have to be mentally ready to walk away. Knowing that you can say no, it means you actually have to be ready to say no if that's the approach you have to take and you have to be ready to walk away and not use it as a negotiating tactic. Sometimes a deal can be so important to you but the deal that is offered is so bad for you and the counterparty are negotiating in a way which just doesn't work at all that you have to be able to walk away. It might cause you a bit of a pain in the short term but that pain may well save you hours, months, years of agony and believe me I know. You have to be ready to, to say no, I mean no, and we can't do this, and actually walk away from that opportunity. In doing so, you're gonna be open to the next opportunities. You're gonna search harder. And when you do go to those opportunities, you'll have the experience of the bad deal that was put to you before. You'll be able to better test their offer at an earlier stage. You'll be able to evaluate with some experience with some confidence in yourself, you'll be able to ask the questions that you've, you didn't ask before. So be ready to walk away and actually walk away if it isn't going to work for you. And don't regret that. Except that you've learned lessons in your previous dealings that didn't go quite the way you thought they would. And now you're more capable as an entrepreneur. You've learned some skills in your negotiations. The next thing I wanted to cover is that you don't want to be an easy yes either. A deal might be really good for you. It might feel like the perfect deal. You don't want to agree to it straight away. Imagine somebody makes an offer to you that you think is so much better than you expected and you take it. How's the other party thinking? They're probably thinking, we could have offered a lot less. 
we could have made that deal a lot better for us. They're not going to feel like they've done the best deal possible. Make sure that even if it's a great deal, that you've fully explored it, you've fully understood it. And that's what I mean by don't be an easy yes. You might well do the deal as you've discussed without any changes, but make sure you get the advice you need, the legal advice you need, make sure you've talked to your colleagues about it if it's appropriate, make sure that you're absolutely clear what that deal means for today and for tomorrow and the future. So when you say yes, it's a firm yes that you're really comfortable. So don't be an easy yes. So in summary, what have we covered here in the power of no? Well, the key thing is that you're in control. You're in control of your business and your destiny. Nobody else is. So have that in mind when you go for the negotiations, when you go to meet suppliers and buyers, that you have the decision whether to do the deal or not not them however desperate you are it's still your choice you're going to play to win but you're going to be in reality and you have a balanced mental attitude that gives you clarity and confidence every deal every opportunity is a two-way process you have the right to say no and take that right own that right and if it isn't the right one for you be ready to walk away and don't regret walking away so I hope some of this stuff has been quite interesting and useful. It's come out of my own bitter experience and it's helping me clarify what I've already gone through. So hopefully we've both got some use out of this. If you have any questions, any comments, drop me an email, send me a text, find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. And if you've got anything that's causing you a pain or a problem uh, that you're not sure about, feel free to get in touch. We're happy to discuss it with you. Thank you very much.